Good morning, PCA. Everybody on your feet. Happy Mother's Day. We are so glad you're here with us for Mother's Day. We're going to honor all of our moms, all of our women, matter of fact. But now we're going to honor our beautiful and awesome God. Amen. We bless your name, Lord. You are worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Thank you, Lord, for who you are and for all that you have done for us. Amen. Yes. Your love for me won't change even when I hold back even when I'm hiding you cover me with grace even in my failure even in my striving you cross the distances to find my
shout. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done. You are beautiful, God. I love it. We who are in Jesus, we have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He's so good to us.
his one and only beautiful son to die for you and he's been raised again he's back 
with the Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are so good to us, God.
you are good, God. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 34 that, that God is close to the brokenhearted. And he saves those who are crushed in spirit. So if you are in that place right now, I want you to listen to the words of this song. Because God is with you.
that you are close to us when we're going through difficult situations. Thank you, Lord. You know, it's going to be okay when my husband was in the hospital with Dion Bure for two and a half months, and we didn't know if he'd live or die, if he'd ever walk again. That was the thing that the Lord put in my heart. It's going to be okay. I would just say that all the time. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your encouragement, God. We just love you and we praise your holy name. Lord, I thank you for all the people who are here today, Lord. I ask that you would just speak to our hearts today through the people who are speaking. Lord, that this would be a moment where we would have an encounter with you. We would learn more about how good you are and how perfect you are and how you take care of your people. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Can I get an amen? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. mothers and all the impact that they have on our lives and how everything's better because there, there's generation after generation because of the moms and dads that uh, bring these newcomers around and we appreciate today especially the mothers that they bring something special that God God's gift is what they is given to them to minister to their children and to raise them, even when it isn't always easy. So um, what I'd like to do right now is um, have the ushers go f come forward, and we're going to take the offering. I'm going to keep this really simple. Ushers. found prayer. Father, we just thank you so much for the gifts you give. We thank you for mothers who give, and in return, we want to give. We want to give to you because you've given us so much, and we pray that this offering would expand to what the needs are, and we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen.
Hello again. How are y'all doing? That was beautiful. Thank you, Kelly. Thanks for making me cry. Wasn't that awesome? That was beautiful. So I am here, and I'm going to talk a little bit about what my husband and I have gone through. Um, we wanted to have children, but we don't have any biological children. And so we're, you're going to hear a little bit of our story this morning. First of all, I want to give you one of my very favorite scriptures. This is a scripture that I turn to often because how many know life is tough, right? Sometimes life is pretty tough. So Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is one of my favorites. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding or your own thoughts. In all your ways, acknowledge him, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. So look at your neighbor and say, trust God. There you go. Good job. So when Brian and I were talking about getting married, we kind of had this, you know, story that we expected to see in our life. So we, we're going to get married. Brian's going to go to law school. I'm going to work. Brian's going to get out of law school, make piles of money, and I'm going to stay home and have babies and, and take care of the kids. And we all lived happily ever after, right? How many know life does not go the way you think it's going to, right? <laughs> You've lived very long. You know that. So we had a, a few plot twists in our story that we just did not see coming. God wasn't surprised by them, but we were. So I'm going to just hit a couple of the major ones that happened. So not long after Brian got out of law school, my dad started showing severe signs of early onset Alzheimer's. At age 50, he was already pretty forgetful. And at that same moment, my mom had an emotional breakdown. And so we were taking care of two adults at that point instead of children. And then another plot twist. Um, well, later, my dad passed away at age 60. We still had mom, but we had decided, let's, let's time, time for us to start having kids. So we started trying to have kids. And plot twist, three miscarriages later, we didn't have any children of our own. And so we went to a um, specialist, and he told us it's a simple fix, outpatient procedure, then you can have babies. Yay! So when we went to the pre-op checkup to have my blood work and all that done, that very day, my husband contracted a thing called Guillain-Barre syndrome. 100, one in 100,000 people gets this. And so that day, he got it. And so short, going to really shorten the story, he was in the hospital for two and a half months, paralyzed, had to relearn how to walk, talk, eat, all of that. The Lord healed him from most of the things, but he still has severe pain in his feet from that. And so still we don't have any children. Uh, another plot twist, which this was a fun one, God called us into full-time ministry. So he walked away from, from law, and we went into ministry. And our first church was in Branson, Missouri. Fun place to live, right? From there we went to Pawnee, Oklahoma, and then now we're back here in Ponca City. And through those changes and through all those places God has taken us, he has given us many children. No biological children, but we have a lot of children that we get to speak into their lives. And when they have troubles, we can be there for them and we can help them. And it's just a beautiful thing. So through all of the things that we went through, through all the difficult things, I just want to tell you that um, this is what I've learned. I've learned that I've got to run after my father, God, because life is tough, and he is my resource. He's the one who knows all, sees all, and can take care of me, okay? So if I will keep my focus on the Lord during those times and my thoughts in the right place 
and cast my cares on him, I can go through anything with peace and joy. It's true. I don't always remember to do that, so I don't always keep my peace, but I really do try to do that because it will, it will help you. So yes, we wanted children. Yes, we wanted children. Yes, did I cry some tears? Yes, I did. But also, yes, I now have peace and joy, and I'm excited about the future. The Lord has healed my broken places over that, and so I'm good. And he's given me lots of other kids to take care of and to speak into, okay? So one of the things that I have found out that pouring what God has taught me into other people and helping them really helps me. That brings me joy. It takes my focus off of myself and my problems and it puts that onto somebody else. It, it puts love and help onto someone else, and it brings me joy. So if you're having a hard time with joy, start doing something for someone else. Um, one of the things that the Bible says is in Titus 2, 3, and 4, older women teach what is good and train young women. And we all, whether we have children or not, if we are Christians, we should be, we should be speaking Jesus into others' lives. If we're not, we need to start doing that, okay? So I want to encourage you to do that. And the older women thing, that could be older maturity-wise, not in years. I've had some younger women teach me some amazing things. So that's important as well. So now, I'm almost done. So I just want to tell you that I'm just going to adopt you all as my children today, and I'm going to speak something into your life. So you, you probably already know this, but if you don't, this is the most important thing that you need to know in your life is you need to have a relationship with God the Father. And if you, if you don't, then you need to get one today before you leave this building. And how do you do that? You come through Jesus Christ, his son, who died for our sins and raised again. That's the only way to the Father. So if you don't have a relationship with Jesus and the Father, get one today before you leave. And I will gladly meet you and talk with you and pray with you after the service because that is the most important thing that you can do. So God bless you all. Have a great day and enjoy the rest that is to come. Good morning. I'm speaking on behalf of Morgan Stone, who's home with a sick child this morning. Um, Sandy asked me to talk about what it's like to be a working mom with small children. My typical week the last few months involves school, soccer, church, and working about 36 hours a week. I start the day getting everyone out the door. Sometimes we're even on time. Drop one kid off at school and the other at daycare. Next, I go on to work. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I work 8 to 5. On my lunch break, I will do a load of laundry to try and keep it up. I spend three or more hours a week folding laundry, and I only have four people in my family. <laughs> Tuesdays and Thursdays, I work eight to two, go to the store if needed before picking the kids up. We come home, do homework, then head to soccer practice. Sometime in the, all the evening rush, I have to feed everyone and get them to bed. Honestly, we eat more takeout more than we should, but I don't always have the time to meal prep and cook four days a week. I usually clean up the house on weekends or on lunch breaks. <clears throat> when Sandy asked me to speak, I asked who else was speaking. She told me about the other women and I felt so guilty. How can I complain about my crazy life when I have so many things to be grateful for? My children are healthy most of the time. I have a wonderful husband who helps a lot. I also have an awesome job that allows me to be a mother first. This week I had to call in three days because my kids were sick. They said, okay, no worries. I hope your children are better soon. This week alone has been a stern reality check. 
I need to be more thankful for all the great things in my life. I really struggled with that, with what to say, mostly because of my guilt. The other part dragging me down was the word failure. I kept hearing that inside. You don't have enough patience with your kids. You are a terrible coach for soccer. Your team hasn't even won a single game. You don't give your husband enough attention. You are leaving work too much. You are failing everyone around you. I wanted to share this because I'm sure most moms have felt this way. Of course it's not true, but it's a hard thing to shake. So even though another mom may seem perfect, remember she is struggling with her own problems. The most important job for a mom is to love her kids. Keep going, mamas. Even on the days when all you get done is loving your kids and keeping them fed, keep going. Well, I'm going to speak today uh, on foster and adoption. My husband and I are older. <laughs> we have older kids and younger kids. Our bigs and littles is what we call them. We have uh, 36 and 28, and the 36 lives in Tulsa. She is, I blessed us with two grand puppies, and... Um, she works for the Department of Human Services as Child Protective Service. And then our um, older, younger daughter, Jay, she works at a college, uh, works at the hospital in Amarillo and has our only grandson. So the story, the, the plot begins as um, our kids were in junior high and high school and they wanted us to be foster parents. And we were like, are you kidding? <laughs> We are so busy with YouTube, we couldn't find more time. So then it goes on and our children go off to college, get married, and so we had that empty nest syndrome. And so uh, the church that we belonged to uh, at the time uh, was big into foster parenting. And uh, Justin and I were in church one Sunday and listened to him talk about, you know, what the, the rewards that, that you get, not just you, but you give to them. And so we left there and was driving home and went, what do you think, you know? And we looked at each other and it was like, absolutely. So the following day, we contacted DHS, um, went through the foster care system, um, and about a year later, we had, we had, we had been um, respite care parents, which is where you go in, you, you step in and you help somebody else that has foster kids and you give them a break. And then we were um, foster parents that were bridge parents. And I'm not sure a lot of you understand what a bridge parent is. A bridge parent, when you're fostering, helps reunite the family. And believe me, that's one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Um, you, you, you mentor to those people, those families, and, and try to uh, give them Christian values and perspectives to get those kids back into their homes. And that's, that's what we all want, is, is to have the, the foster kids back into their homes. That's their mama and daddies. And um, the, the two little ones that we have right now, uh, we got them when they were 18 months, 
um, and 24 months, eight, 26 months, I guess. Um, and so we've had them quite a while, and they were actually, they were bridge, they were bridge kids. And it didn't work out. They were in our home 1,011 days, and we adopted them. Uh, Callan is now eight, Emmy's nine, and I can't tell you how blessed we are to have those two little kids in our life. They have given us such joy. Um, and you do things differently when you are older parents at 50. <laughs> And 57. <laughs> um, God has has blessed us with these two children, and and um, our older daughter, our, our our we call him our our oldest, our, our youngest oldest daughter is autistic, and um, our little boy, as many of you already know, was diagnosed with cancer a year ago, and uh, we spent uh, a year at St. Jude's with him. And those two kids have given us so much joy in that year's period of time. And it's what we as Christian mom and dads have given to them that they gave back to us. And, I, and not everybody's um, cut out to be a foster parent, that's for sure. But there's other ways to help. Um, and... and before we got into foster parenting, we could babysit. We could take meals over to families that had foster kids. Um, you know, it's just adoption and fostering is one of, it's, it's a sad situation in the United States, but we have over a half a million children, a half a million children in foster care, and we don't have enough foster homes I would still be a foster parent today, but Justin told me, he said, you, you can't because you're going to adopt every one of those children. <laughs> and he's right. <laughs> but God has blessed us in so many ways. Um, and one of the things that I, I wanted to read was um, Matthew 9.36. He saw the multitudes as he moved the compassion for them. People were weary, scattered, scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. And that's what these children are like. They have to have a shepherd. And I feel like God has led us to be the shepherd for those children. And I just want to thank you for letting me speak today. Um, I appreciate it. And my time's up. <laughs> thank you, guys. Excuse the hobble. I had surgery a week and a half ago. <laughs> um, I'm Heather Pilcher. <laughs> And um, my motherhood journey began when, um, when I was 19. And, um, you know, I was in, I had to make the biggest decision a mother has to make at that age, and that was placing my son for adoption. And, you know, but the situation I was in, um, 
it was bad. I was in an abusive relationship, and so I knew for his safety, it would be in his best interest. So I did that, and um, come 22, I got pregnant again, and um, not by the same person. <laughs> um, and then I had my son, at Jordan, at 22. I had my daughter, Lila, at 23. My son, Trevor, at 28, and my son, Marshall, at 30. And, you know, each child, they, you know, we kind of call them our bigs and littles, too, because we kind of have a group, you know. Um, but each child is so different, and each child comes with different challenges of each child and different, you just have to, you have to change to each child and to fit how to discipline them, how to teach them, how to raise them. And, you know, our, kind not our biggest challenge, our biggest challenge is our son, Marshall, who um, was born premature. He was born at 30 weeks, and um, the doctor said, expect he's going to have difficulties for the rest of his life. I said, okay, if that's what the Lord says, then that's what will happen. If not, you know, he'll be normal. He'll be fine. Like there's, you know, but it wasn't. And, you know, we, we went to medical doctor after medical doctor, experienced so much that we have never been through. And, um, you know, it made it hard. And it just, it's exhausting when your child is always at a doctor's appointment, always, you know, I, we have at minimum three doctor's appointments a week. And, you know, it, it's exhausting for parents of special needs children. And my son was um, diagnosed last year with autism. So we finally have an answer, yay. But when you hear that, it's scary. You know, you're like, wait, what? You know, but with, I've, I've developed the mindset that God has just entrusted me to raise these children and to take care of them. I am, I'm being used by God to raise them up. And so I need to do the best that I can. And they're God's child first. So whatever happens, it goes through God first. And then it comes to me. And, you know, I just, I rely on him so much to give me that peace that when they tell you, hey, look, we think he's got bone cancer. I don't immediately freak out because I say, Lord, if this is your will, if this is the path you're going to take us, he's in your hands. He's your child first. Give me the strength to provide for him and to take care of him and to give him the needs that, or to give him, you know, what he needs. And, you know, that's, I mean, that song we sung, it's going to be okay. Like, that is, like, my mantra now because I just, like, any time a doctor throws a new diagnosis at us or a new problem or, you know, just anything, it, it's going to be okay. God's got this. He's God's child first. Lord, help me to direct him. You know, and that, that's, he's God's child. You know, and I have to do my best, but I do my best when I go to God first. You know, and I give him to God, and I say, he's all yours. Now help me to remember that. Help me to, you know, when, when the doctors say, oh, we need another surgery, or we need another test, or he may have heart problems, or, you know, I mean, that's scary stuff. 
you know, especially for a five-year-old. And, you know, but I just, I have an overwhelming peace that only comes from God. And you don't get that unless you give your children wholeheartedly to God. And so, you know, that's just, I mean, I want to encourage, you know, other parents who I know, you know, a couple families do have special needs children. And, you know, everybody, grace, you got to give them grace. Everybody, nobody has done parenthood before. We're all novices. We're all still learning and still going and still trying, you know, and that's the important thing. And, you know, if you don't have God on your side, though, it's going to be so much easier of a journey because that anxiety and that depression and that worry of my child this and my child that, it's not going to be there because God's got them. Like, it's his child, you know. I'm just taking care of them while I'm here, you know. And so, but I mean, you know, for the special needs parents, bless you. Because I know that a lot of, you, you know, there's a lot of struggles, and it's hard. It's very hard. And, you know, I, I have a very mild version of this. And so, you know, I can only imagine what y'all got, <laughs> you know, and the struggles. But we just have to, you know, put our children in God's hands and know without a doubt. I know that I know that I know that if this is God's will, it's going to take place. God will take care and God will provide if you turn your head and turn your eyes to him. Well, hello, my name's Jackie Benton, and I'm going to talk about being a mom of teenagers. I have two kids. One is 18 and the other one is 14. And most of the time when you think about teenagers, people expect you to talk about all the trials that come with that, with their attitudes or their rebellion. But that's not what I'm here to talk about. It is amazing to see a child that you've raised become more independent, making their own decisions, making the right decisions. Sometimes not, but it's a, quite a blessing to see you let them loose, which is really hard as a mom, to let them loose a little bit, give them their own freedom and their own ability to make those choices. But then you watch them grow. And sometimes they grow by being hurt. But I'm here to catch you if it happens. But that is the most amazing blessing, is to see them make the right choice and be successful. I mean, that's my own joy. You know, it's their success, and I'm, sometimes I'm more happy than they are. But anyway, that's all I had to say. Raise your kids right, and the Bible says they won't depart from the Lord, even though they may journey away for a little while. They'll come back. Just keep praying for them, and just an amazing blessing to have teenagers. I know a lot of people don't think that, but it really is. Hello, um, my name is Tambra, and these are my daughters, Briley and Sierra. And I was asked to speak about my experience for the last almost five years as a single mother. It's been tough, it's been emotional, it's been hard. All the emotions that you can think of have been wrapped up in being a single mom. 
However, there is lots of joy, there's lots of hope, and there's peace, and there's comfort, and there's me going to my room and shutting the door. Leave me alone, guys. <laughs> but overall, as a single parent, life has been a struggle. Um, at times, you have to figure out how to pay your electric bill versus putting gas in the car to get to work for the rest of the week. Um, learning how to budget, making all the decisions on your own with no one, absolutely no one to say, hey, Tambra, this is how you need to do this. This is the way it's supposed to go. You have no one to rely on but God for that. And that's what I've had to do, rely on God. It's not that I've had to do it, it's, it's what I've wanted to do. And I've learned a lot of lessons out of trusting the Lord with all my heart, mind, and soul. Has it been easy? Absolutely not. Has it been easy raising these girls? It has not. It has not. <laughs> they are, yeah, so we'll talk about that on another. <laughs> Next Mother's Day. So, but yes, the challenges have been just rough and, and tough, but Ecclesiastes 4, oh, I'm probably going to get it wrong. Um, a threefold cord is not easily broken, and that's what we have been is a threefold cord. It's just been us three. And God has been amazing. He has done amazing things in our lives. He has, we have grown beyond growth. I just cannot explain how he has blessed us, how he has just been there for us, how he has placed people in our lives and done things for us. It's just been amazing. The journey has been tough. It has been tough. But I'm telling you, whoever is out there that's a single mother, right now, I'm speaking to you, it, it, you can do this. You can do, this is hard. Yes, it is. I'm not going to lie to you. I am not going to lie to you. This is hard to do. This is very hard. But you can do this. You just, you got to just pick yourself up and trust in the Lord and know that he is there for you through every step of the way. There has been times when I thought, God, where are you? I don't know what to do. My electric's going to get shut off. My, you know, I, I don't have anything to feed my kids, you know. And I remember a time going through the drive-thru here in town, and we had $15 to get w some food. And I remember whoever it was that was there, she was like, well, we're closing, so you can just take all this, all this food. And it was right then in that moment, it was like, okay, God, You are here. You are with us. And it's been tough, you know, um, dealing with a lot of things, you know. Um, when you're a single mom, you you feel like depression setting in, you know, and, and it does. It absolutely does. And not just for you, but for your kids, too, you know. So you have to hold yourself up and you don't have to let them know that you are depressed and that you, you don't have money to pay the electric bill or that you don't have money to do this or do that and in the events that they want to be in, but can't be in them because you don't have the money. You don't have it. But God has more than made up for that all these years. He has, he has just blessed us entirely. We have, we, we just, we can't even express it. It's just been amazing. So whoever you are out there as a single mom, just know that you can do this. Stay strong. Stay strong. I want to end this with Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts I have for you, declares the Lord. Thoughts do not harm you, to give you hope in a future. So just trust on that. Rely on God and know that he is not going to fail you. He will never fail you. Never, never, never fail you. Thank you.
Happy Mother's Day. Well, those girls, uh, they didn't talk nearly as long as they should have, so you're going to get a lot of me this morning. Oh, says grandmother. That's what I am, but I'd rather be called a nanny. Grandmother sounds so old. Nanny sounds hip and cool, because that's what I am, hip and cool. Being a nanny, it's in itself a whole unique experience. Um, at every stage of my life as a woman and then as a mom, you think at that particular stage, well, that's, this is the best and the worst it's ever going to be. Because, you know, when you're, you're a young mom and you have those babies and you worry over them for every little thing. They have a fever. Um, they won't eat. They get colic. You know, then you got to go through the training of the potty training. And hopefully you get them to socially uh, interact with other children. And so when they're babies, you worry every moment of every day. You worry about them. You worry about how you're going to take care of them. Are they going to grow up and be good people? Uh, you know, are they going to stay safe? Uh, then, then they go to school. I remember when we took our kids to school the very first day. Oh, my gosh. I bawled and squalled and bawled and squalled and cried. And, you know, it just broke my heart because she wasn't going to be with me. And, you know, I didn't have that control over her life. And then you worry when they're in school about who's going to become their influencers. Because you begin to lose your influence. As your children get older, your influence goes down. And that's a really scary thing as a parent. When they're little and they're, you know, you've got, you've got, they look up to you and you're still cool and you're still their heroes and they have nothing else to compare you to. So that's all they know is you. Then they go to school and they see other kids and those kids explain to them what their lives are like and then they have a big influence on your children. So at that stage, you worry about them, and you worry about them every single day. You worry about them, and you pray over them, and you ask the Lord to help them to have the right influencers come into their lives, that you speak that into their life. You say, Father, every day, go with my children and help the right people cross their paths and help them to be protected from those that shouldn't influence them. So you worry about them every single day, and then they become teenagers. Oh, my Jesus. When they become teenagers, that's when you start getting gray. Actually, it's earlier, but, you know, Lady Clara. But when they become teenagers, you really begin to worry about them because you really become stupid. All parents that have had teenagers, don't you become the dumbest person in the world? Absolutely. You know absolutely nothing. That's what your teenagers think. You have no idea what they're going through. You've never had... A crush on a boy you've never had a pimple you've never worried about your weight you've never been outcast you've never not been popular all that stuff but you have you have gone through it too but you realize now you really don't have much influence on them so you begin to worry about them twice a day every day all day long you worry about them so much they start driving you put them in a car alone and they go driving away. And you don't know who they're going to pick up, who they're gonna, what they're going to do, if they're going to look down to change the radio station and hit somebody. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you worry about them every single day when they're teenagers. And then they go to college, and then they're not even around you. You don't even see them. They're gone. And then you really worry about them. You worry about them even more. 
because they're in a whole different setting. You, they don't probably get to go to church every week, you know, because when they get out on their own, they start thinking, hey, I don't have to go to church. And if, you, if they grow up in a pastor's home, they go to church almost every single day. There was, especially when our children were little, we had Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night services. We had Friday night vertical reality. We had Saturday night singings. We had something almost every night. So my kids were in church all the time. But when they go off to college, you know, it's really easy for the enemy to say, oh, you don't have to go to church. You don't have to go to church. You know all that. You grew up in the church home. You're a pastor's kid. You know everything. You don't have to go to church. So then you worry about them six times more every day because you realize they're in a college situation. How many of you know that unless it's a biblical college, they're getting exposed to a lot of things that you would never want your child to be exposed to? The professors teach things that are counterintuitive to what you have put into your children's lives all those many years. And they have to then rely on what the Lord has put in their hearts if they really believe it. Because that's when the enemy comes in to cause them to have doubt in their relationship with God. And all the stuff that you've taught them now for the last 19 years, is it all true? Is it real? Because those professors out there are saying, no, it's not real. No, it's just uh, hyperbole. No, it's just emotion. No, it's just a story. And so... You really worry about them when they're in college because they have no way of, you have no way of getting a hold of them. They're not where you can touch them. So you're still worrying. Here we are at colleges. Then they meet that person they're going to marry. And you know, you've prayed for that person ever since the moment you held that child in your hand. Pastor and I prayed over our kids, Lord, lead them. You know who their spouse is going to be. Bless that spouse. Help them to find each other. Help them to love the Lord with all their heart, mind, and soul. Help them to be what you need them to be. And help them find each other. We used to tell our children, we don't care who you date. I don't care what color their skin is. I don't care what their social status is. I don't care what nationality they are. All we care about is that they love the Lord with all their heart, all their mind, all their soul. And that you agree on your spirituality. Because if one is a Christian and one is not, that's a really hard marriage. That's a really hard marriage. So then you begin to really worry about them. And you hope that you will start become smarter. See, when you're a teenager, you're really, really dumb. But then when they get married, you start to get a little more sense. They, you start to get a little bit smarter because they start coming back to you and saying, Mom, what did this ever happen? Or what did you do when this happened? So you begin to get a little more influence. So that's a good thing. And you, you still, you worry about them. You, you worry that their, their spouse will be good to them. You worry about, will they move away and you won't be able to see them? You worry about, will they have enough money to eat? You worry about all those things. Even though they're grown now and they're married, you continue to worry about them. Then you get to be a nanny and a poppy. And you think, Wow, I'm never going to have to worry now. I'm a nanny and a poppy. It's all done. They are all, I'm finished with those kids. They are on their own. But then those babies come into your life. And you know, when Pastor and I were young, and we had children, little children, 
people my age then would say, oh, just wait. Just wait till you have grandchildren. You have no idea. You're just, it's just a whole different plane of love. And I would look at my husband and say, yeah, right, whatever. I couldn't love anything more than I love my children. There's no way. But you know what? I'm telling you, it's a whole different kind of love. It's a, it's a level of love that's way up here. When you look down and see that child and you can see your child reproduced into somebody else and you realize that that legacy is going to carry on, there's just something about that grandbaby. And those grandbabies love you so much. They don't care, you know, if you have makeup on or not. They don't care what you look like. They don't care what clothes you wear. They just want you to spend time with them. And that's what we enjoy about being nannies and poppies. We spend time with our grandchildren. We don't buy them a lot of things. As Pastor said, many times we don't like a lot of electronics in our house for the grandkids. When they come, we play. Yesterday they came, and Pastor has had so much restraint. A couple of weeks ago, we went to Walmart, and he bought one of those um, styrofoam big planes. You know, airplane, big styrofoam one. And he, he said, I want to put it together, and I want to fly it. I said, no, you got to wait till the grandkids get here. So we put it on the bed, and when they got here yesterday, the first thing out of Poppy's mouth was, hey, go look on your bed and see what we got. <laughs> so they went, they bought this, this airplane as big as Tegan. I mean, it's, it's huge. So he said, let's go up to the church and let's see if we can fly it. Because, you know, Oklahoma has no wind. <laughs> right? So we came up here to the church and we put it together. And, oh, my Jesus, <laughs> if somebody had been recording it, we probably have at least $10,000 right now. Because he was saying, okay, throw it this way. Well, they would throw it and it'd just tumble, you know. And then uh, I said, oh, let me show you how to do it. I can do it. And I threw it and it just tumbled. And actually, one of the little wing parts broke off, and I thought Pastor was going to have a heart attack. And uh, so he finally, he says, let me show you how to do it. So he comes, and of course, he does it perfectly. And it flies, and it soars, and he's like, this is a piece of cake. No, no worries. Just do it that way. So sure enough, Tegan and Trip try again, and it just tumbles head over heel, head over heel, head over heel. And Tegan says, you know, I think we should blow bubbles now. I said, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Let's blow bubbles. So, we, you know, we brought them home, and we spent the afternoon. That's how we spent our time with them, blowing bubbles in the yard, playing cornhole. Uh, Tegan loves to draw. She had chalk. You should see my driveway. Just come by and see the driveway. It's covered in sidewalk chalk, and that's the joys of being nannies and poppies. You get to spend more time with them because when your children are little, what are you doing? You're working. You're, you're trying to make a living. You are struggling every day to put food on the table and a roof over their head. And now you get to enjoy those grandbabies. You don't have that worry and stress of feeding them and, and clothing them. I will take a side note here. I do admire so many of our grandparents in our society today who are actually taking care of those grandchildren. They're raising them all on their own. God bless you. God bless you. Because I know how hard it is. Because when you're our age, you just don't have the energy you used to have. You don't have the stamina you used to have. We love our grandkids. We love our grandkids. But we love to see those taillights going down the road when they get ready to leave. Because we're exhausted. We are exhausted. 
It's not that we don't want to see them. It's just we, we got to take a nap. We got to go to bed. So those grandparents out there watching or in our congregation, if you are taking care of your grandchildren, if you are raising them on your own, God bless you. I know it's a struggle. And God has such a big crown for you. Uh, Pastor jokes and says, my crown's going to take, you know, four men. Your crown's going to take eight men to help you carry it when you get to heaven. Because that's a special thing that you can do. We have so many friends that are raising their grandchildren. And so, you know, God bless you. That's all I can say. Just keep holding on to the Lord. He will give you the strength and the ability to do that. Only you know what you go through. So, the thing I really wanted to say is, as a grandmother, as a nanny, as a nanny, you can look back. You have that privilege of 2020 hindsight. And you can look back and see the things you did right and the many, many things you did wrong. And you can say, Lord, help me to help my children, so maybe they won't have to go through those same things. And I think that's the best part about being a nanny is my kids. They're my friends now. I couldn't be their friends when they were little or when they were teenagers or when they were, you know, going to college. I wasn't their friend. We have such a special relationship now. You know, if I'm going through something, I call my kids and I say, pray for me and dad. This is what's going on. Instead of them always coming to us, there are strength now. There are people that hold us up and give us strength. And that's amazing. That's the best part about being nannies and poppies. Grandkids are great, but it's that your relationship has changed with your children. And now they're your friends. And you are so proud of the men and women that they have become. And you see them how they parent. And you say, wow, they're doing it so much better than I did. They have so much more patience than I did. You know? And then the Lord just spoke into my heart. He said, you know, you prayed over those children every day. Every morning, Pastor and I would pray over our kids. And we would ask God to protect them and lead them and guide them and help them to be the men and women of God they, want, they needed to be. And that's who they are. And it's not because anything Pastor and I did, Lord, oh, no, no. It wasn't what we did, but it's what God did through us to our kids. And I don't know if you guys have noticed, there has been a very strong, continuous stream in every one of these ladies' testimonies. And that is with God. We couldn't have done it without God. And if you are a parent and you don't have the Lord in your life, you need God. Your children need for you to have God. God is the only thing that's going to make it through to becoming a nanny and poppy so you can enjoy those relationships. You have to have the Lord, and he is such a good father. You know, I don't like that song too much you know he's a good good father I think you know that we've sung it so much I, I don't want to hear it it's like a earworm you get it in your head you can never get rid of it but he is he is such a good good father and he needs to be the example I know a lot of people don't have good fathers to example but he is the perfect father and he is the perfect parent you, you even 
even if you don't have a good mother in your life, he is your parent, and he will give you the strength and the wisdom and the guidance and the direction that you need to help you raise those babies, to become young adults, to get married, to have children, and to give you those grandbabies that you can love and spoil and enjoy and just have so much fun with because you don't have to worry. You can send them home. You can, and mom and dad, you take them down. So we're going to do very, give you a very special gift this morning. Not only or we do we have something to give you, but we're obviously going to give you the gift of time because I have spoken all that I have had to say. And I want to say the best thing about being a nanny and poppy is we get to give our grandkids lots of candy. They can eat candy for lunch, and we send them home. So I'm going to give every one of you ladies candy for lunch right now. And you, I'm going to send you home so your, your spouse and kids can deal with the sugar rush that you have had. But this is just a token from PCA that we wanted to give all of our ladies, whether you're a mom or not, you are a spiritual mom. If, if you are a woman, we want to bless you and honor you today. We want to thank you for coming. We hope that you have a great day, moms and grandmas and nannies. I hope this is the best Mother's Day ever for you. Love your children. Love your grandchildren. If they, I know some of you have lost your children and are no longer with you. God bless you. I know that's a horrible thing to have to go through, but I know God can give you the strength and the peace that only can come from the Lord. And so I'm going to turn this over to the, to the pastor now. Thank you. Well, I'm glad she did all the worrying, so I didn't have to. Yeah, I would like for um, everyone to stand. If, um, if you're here today and you're a mom, either spiritually or biologically, or if you're a mom through adoption, fostering, if you're a single mom, Moms have become very complicated and very complex positions in life today. And if you are privileged to have your mom in your life, you need to put her on a pedestal so high because they do so many things that you and I don't realize till so much later in life. I'm getting, I've, I've, I've had a, this pile of tissue today because from the offering song until my wife finished speaking, I was just sitting there bawling and squalling like a baby. Because moms are so awesome. And they do so much. And they, they make a home and fill it with joy and light and love and hugs and kisses I know my grandkids all they have to do is say Nani could you please 9 o'clock last night she's making Nani cakes she has never made me Nani cakes at 9 o'clock at night you will do anything you can for your kids and so today we want to pray over you we want to sing a song of blessing over you. 
That's been an area that God has really just been speaking into my heart for the last few weeks, a couple of months. We did pray blessings over our children. We want to pray blessings over you today. Numbers chapter 6. God told Moses how to pray over the nation of Israel. He said, pray that the face of God would shine upon them, that he'd turn his face toward them. And that when they went out and when they came in, that God would bless them. And today, if you don't know Jesus Christ, man, every mom come up here and go, you got to have, you got to, you got to have Jesus. You got to have Jesus. You got to have Jesus. Doesn't matter if you're a mom or a teenager or if you're a dad or a grandpa, it doesn't matter. You got to get that right first. So they're going to sing this song. And you know what, Miss Karen, you can sing? Absolutely. I thought I sounded really good on that mic. But if you're a mom here today and you say, you know what? Man, I'm going through a hard time. It sure would be nice if I could have another mom pray with me today. Because mom knows what moms go through. And so there's some moms, some of these that were speakers, they'll pray with you. They'll love on you because they understand what it means. And what really gripped my heart today was the mom who thought she was always a failure. Man, the enemy's such a liar. That's right. If you're a mom and you're doing the best you can, you are never a failure. You just can't be God. You're just a mom. And that's awesome. So if you're a mom and you need prayer, there's some ladies. Miss Sandy will go down there. There'll be some other ladies. If you come, well, they'll come and pray with you. But listen to the words of this song. Let's pray over you by yourself. The Lord bless you.
hospitals with your kids, it's going to be okay. God's got you. It's going to be okay. Because if God's for you, He's with you. I just feel, if you're here today, moms, and you've just been really fighting a hard fight, amen, nothing's been going right. Hearts hurting today, heavy, broken, weeping. God is, God is right here for you. He's so close. Just mention his name. He's right there. He doesn't want you to leave here broken. He doesn't want you to leave here heavy hearted. To get in your car and crank it up and sit there and weep and go, I'm all by myself. This mountain's too big. It's not moving. God brought you here today not by accident but you're here on purpose for God to give you what you need in your life but you gotta allow him you have to invite him in he stands at the door and knocks but you gotta open it up Father today I pray for all of these ladies that are in this place God, I thank you for all these living who came out and represented so many facets of motherhood. But God, I believe there's some ladies here today that are just hurting, man. They're broken and they're heavy. They haven't gone through the drive-thru and then tell them, just take whatever you want. They haven't had that moment yet. They haven't had that moment to where you've given them that peace and that joy and that grace and that mercy. Pray, God, right now you gift it to them. You declare those as gifts you give. Moms, young ladies, grandmas, great-grandmothers, whatever place you find yourself. Let the peace of God that surpasseth all understanding come into your heart. Let God give you joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. Father, today, thank you. Thank you for the gift of motherhood. We give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. Amen. Before you leave today, there was already a line before.
We sure hope you were blessed by Pastor Bardwell's message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.